Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. X-Ray Vision Part 08 by Elaine Mature I needed cash. Serious cash. Gonna run some expensive errands. Probably should get a credit card someday. Briefly I considered raiding Jillian's stash but rejected that outright. It wasn't that I couldn't replace it. The bank account had hundreds of times that. That cash represented Jillian's freedom, independence, self-reliance. Not being beholden to me for her needs. I touched that. I'm pissing all over that symbol, that promise. Her stash was sacred. The fishbowl? Depleted, sadly just a bare bottomful of mangled bills, stained Jacksons and Lincolns. Our routine expenses had about doubled, and I not kept up on foraging. Go to the bank? Sure, that was doable, but it'd take a bite out of my busy afternoon. Busy? That gave me a happy feeling deep inside. I'd not been busy for years. Purposeful, needed. Doing things to make our life better. It felt so good. I scanned my room, smiling, thinking. Ah. The bottom of my sock drawer, rolls of thousands, destined for the bank and forgotten. When the fishbowl got full, I'd roll up a thousand, put a band around it, stuff it in the drawer for the next bank run. I'd not made a run since well before Jillian came into my life. Six or seven rolls should do it. I stuffed my shorts pockets like a squirrel collecting nuts. Still a couple left, leave them for later. Hey. That picture hadn't been on my dresser before. My family, me just a baby, mom and dad happy and young. Jillian. She'd found it when putting my laundry away, set it where she could enjoy it. I didn't remember that day, too small. But I remembered them looking like that from my earliest recollections. I'm glad Jillian saw that, sees that. A twinge of regret for her, that she'd never had memories like that. No memory of any family, zero, nada. No mom, no dad, no siblings. Well, that was all fixed now. Shoes on, leave the house, out on the porch and down to the beach. Stop hands on hips, consider. Highway, jeweler, Taylor. Homer, Mr. What? I didn't know the jeweler's name. And Fuang. Homer first. He wouldn't be there much longer, left when he sold out. I headed up the bank, climbed to the road, kept going toward the highway. It was maybe two miles to the interchange. Getting a little nervous as the minutes ticked by, maybe Homer had already packed up, I'd miss my chance until next week. As I went up the alley between Shaw's and the tire shop, I saw his rig, parked in the empty lot, still belching smoke. More confident now, I slowed down, began considering what I'd say. No other customers in sight, Homer filling a trash can with greasy paper and empty coleslaw tubs. He spotted me as I crossed the parking lot. Too late for ribs. Burnt ends long gone. A little brisket. A little chuck. No slaw. I was going to say no thanks. But decided on the more politic approach. Wrap it up. I'll take what you have. It's all good. That worked. He grinned a ragged gold-toothed grin and tore off some butcher paper from a roll. Uncovered a dented foil pan. Began loading up. You still here after all these years? Gotta wear on a fellow. When are you gonna retire? He was piling up a package the size of a two-year-old. What on earth was I going to do with all that? When the old lady lets me. She's not yet 65, she goes on the Medicare, I'm home free. He had to be in his 80s, robbing the cradle. You ever consider getting some help? Somebody young? Do the heavy lifting? Maybe learn the ropes? He didn't answer, named a ridiculous price, and I paid. Beef was going up, so barbecue was going up, no help for it. Tried that once. Nephew. Worthless. Wanted to yammer with the girlies, wouldn't get his hands dirty. I told my sister, you find something for your lazy grandson to do. I got better things to do than babysit. Young people, don't know how to work. Don't want to. Everything's going to shit. Nobody cares. Homer could be a little negative, but he was smiling the whole time, continued to put his gear away. Closed some dampers on the rig, heaved a milk crate of spices into the passenger seat of his pickup. That rig was still sound, some grease build up but firebox not burned through, dampers still effective. Charcoal almost burned out today. He judged the fire expertly. I was losing his attention. Had to do something. The thing is, I have a girlfriend. She'd like to learn barbecue, 
from the ground up. I thought of you, out here alone, maybe she could give you a hand. He was hitching up the rig to his ancient pickup, rusted out at the fenders, lights fogged from age. Tires little but sidewall, belts showing through in places. Cylinders scored, gas tank rusted nearly through. Seat springs only symbolic at this point. No, Zyri! Folks been wanting to learn my secrets, steal my recipes for maybe fifty years. This wasn't going well. I had to change tack. Yeah, I get that. But you get injured, strain something maybe, where are you then? That wife needs you whole and healthy. He looked up from the hitch chain, gave me a look. You suggesting something? Like maybe something might happen to me? Lesson I do what you want. Horrified, I backtracked. No, sir. No. I just mean. You look healthy as a young buck. But we're getting older, all of us, every day. Not a bad idea to have a backup, somebody to take some of the load. And she'd be so lucky to learn from an expert. He softened, finished hitching up. Went to his ancient folding table, started breaking it down. See here, you don't look like a bad feller. But everybody got a girlfriend, wants to take the easy road, play at cooking, get it all handed to her. Be a barbecue queen. I heard it all before. Tell her, she work in the business, ten, twenty years. Come up with her own secrets, make her own name. Same's I did. There ain't no shortcuts. That made sense. I pondered on it for a while, helped him load the wooden table into his pickup box, not much box remaining for all the rust. You aren't wrong. But how's she gonna do that? Without somebody like you giving her a start. They aren't making them like you anymore. You said it yourself. Young folks don't want to work, not like you did. Who's she gonna work for? Dickies? That got a snort out of him. He clearly didn't think much of Dickies. He was silent for a while, policing the area of stray wrappers, stuffing the trash can, wrangling the lid on the overfull container. I helped him heft it into the truck bed. He straightened slowly, one hand on his back, clearly sore and worn out. Looked every minute of his eighty years. He looked at me, clearly on the fence. Finally spoke. She gonna show once, yammering with her friends, getting in my way? Talking like a parrot, nagging me with questions? I never see her again after that one time? I shook my head. She manages a room full of folks, keeps them on task. Knows what it is to lead, and how to follow too. What it takes to learn a job. Jillian won't give you. He bird-dogged at the name. Jillian? That your girlfriend? I nodded, unsure where this was going. Girlie that takes in those poor kids on the strip? Get em a job, a room? I must have looked a fool, my mouth handing open. He laughed. I heard of her from my lady. She got it from her manicurist, got it from her granddaughter, got it from her tailor. This was making sense. Kang had bragged of her sister to a girlfriend. The community grapevine had done the rest. I stirred myself. That's my girl Jill. She's out now, looking for more. That's why she can't be here, doing this herself. He nodded, satisfied. Went to his cash stand, just an end table with a cash box, and the now-rated foil pan. Took a takeout cup from a cardboard box underneath, usually for coleslaw. Rooted in the pan for a scrap or two, put them in the cup. Put a lid on it, handed it to me. You tell her, you tell Jillian, she come back next week, tell me what spice I use on my brisket. She get at least four of them, I give her a try. I took the cup, held it close to my chest, cradled it. She won't disappoint you, sir. She's a great cook. Learn the hard way. Kitchen work in foster homes, in summer jobs. Knows her stuff. Midwest food anyway. He nodded, relaxed. You cook too? No, sir. I'm more on the consumption end of things. That was our deal to start I got her room. She cooked two days a week. Best deal I ever made. He laughed. Homer laughed. That was the first time I ever saw that. Next week. I set up at six. She can come then. And we'll see. I was dismissed. Homer went to finish packing, and I left without another word, holding the precious cup and my beef baby. Like Jillian had said to me, that first day I met her, all I could do now was talk myself out of a deal. No when to shut up. Ho Baquan. That's what was painted on the jeweler's window, down in one corner in scratched gold paint. Looked old, nearly as old as the jeweler himself. Jingle. And I squinted in the dimness. Viciously actinic lights shone on the counter, designed to make jewels sparkle against the general dimness. Placing my packages on the ancient oak surface I waited silently, hearing Mr. Ho in the back. Patient. It was an elder's prerogative to take his time, my place to wait without complaint. He shuffled through the beaded curtain, saw who I was. Smiled, 
held up one finger, turned back. I closed my mouth, too slow to get a word out. No matter, he knew why I was here. In not too long, by Vietnamese elder standards, he reappeared, bearing two velvet bags. Approached the counter, set them in the tray. The first he untied, emptied gently onto the padded surface. My ring! But now sparkling, shining, spectacularly bright, looking new as the day it was made, maybe three quarters of a century ago. I gasped. Mr. Ho! You have performed a miracle! He smiled gently, indicated I should pick it up, look closely. Adjusted a lamp to shine conveniently. The ring was clearly three sizes bigger, yet the band still engraved with hatch marks, minuscule and precise. You are a master! This is as good, no better, than when first I brought it. He bowed graciously. A long life spent in the jeweler's trade, and it was no more than his due. When I finished admiring the stone, now polished to an incredible shine, almost a mirror, and the gem surrounding, all diamonds like little rosebuds. Every one perfect, bright, brilliant in their pierced platinum setting. I shook my head in wonder, placed the ring carefully back in the tray. Opening the second bag, he tipped out a jade necklace, strung with black spool beads almost invisible in the bright light, absorbing light like soot. The silver bead spacers, each now brilliantly polished, flawless. And the stone. The jade dark as the emerald in the ring, but deeper, velvety, polished. The silver inlay as bright as spring water splashing in the sun. Where did I get this poetic side? Yet something in the necklace demanded superlatives. How did you know? That I, your M. Dao, sister-in-law, brought it to be cleaned. Told me the story. Here he pulled a face, lips pouting, head tilted, looked at me like a naughty child. I flushed, not immune to an elder's reproof. You need only have said where you found it. Recovered. After all these years. Destined for the wreckers' fill, now returned to glory, worn with pride. Restored to the community, to settle the spirits, satisfy their hunger. This is a good thing. I bowed, twice for some reason chastened. I will not do that again. I am sorry to have misled you, Mr. Ho. He was satisfied, said no more about it. You are a sensible suitor, to make such a gift to Kang. You owe her much. She is sister to your bride, senior woman in her family. This is no more than she deserves. And good luck. I interjected. He smiled at that. I was unaware. But the luck of Jade was with me, helped me make the right choice. It is good for the family, good for you. Jillian will be a happy woman, that you regard her so highly. A happy union. I thanked him, accepted the bill, paid him, paid for Kang's charges as well which pleased him more. Less than he was worth. He could double his fees and I would find it fair. Was I getting a community rate? I would never know. Taking the ring in the bag I put it in my shirt pocket, close to my heart. Let it fill with some more of my love. While I was getting sappy. I guess a suitor with a ring was entitled to be a little giddy. One errand to go. Fuang accepted my bundle curiously, hefting it. For you. And for Kang. I know she is fond of barbecue. Enlightenment. He took the bundle to the back, and I heard some door open, saw the cooler full of vegetables, fish, balls of unknown protein stuffs. On his return I accepted his offer of tea, a seat. Poured for the both of us. Chatted of idle things, of the local team's chances, of the weather. I broached my first topic. It seems I have accumulated an embarrassing debt. You have been so good to endure my thoughtlessness. Please, may I make amends? Will you tell me the balance? Smiling, he accepted my apology, named a shocking number, clearly having it on the tip of his tongue, for how long I was embarrassed to ask. I nodded, happily shelled out one, two, three, four, and a fifth bankroll. If you would be so kind, could you keep the balance against any unforeseen need? Jillian may have certain, um, requirements. He made the rolls disappear into some pocket of his suit, nodded, this disagreeable duty done. He took the floor. Now if we could talk of your progress? Your attempts to persuade my granddaughter of your intention? I was happy to comply. I've attended to her professional requirements, supporting her ambitions. She selected a vehicle to suit herself, to ensure prompt attendance at her job, allow her the freedom to make purchases, retrieve goods, support her family, her colleagues. He nodded, approved. Already knew of the truck through Kang, I'm sure. Participated and supported her community efforts. Helped find her lost girls a room, suitable attire. He knew that, he'd met Nick, fitted her. Provided her with entertainments. We've attended musical events, dined out, tried foods new to her. Again, patient approval. Oh. 
Today I engaged a master cook to help her learn barbecue. A long desire of hers. To please her big sister. This got the biggest approval, in the form of a smile and a nod. I was doing good so far. Stiffening my back, I readied myself for my biggest item, the ask. With your permission, I have had prepared an item of jewelry, suitable to her generous nature and in accordance with my high regard for her, which I wish to present to Jillian. To sound her out on the prospect of a union, a marriage? He looked severe, stayed silent, eyed me for a time, considering. Finally cleared a saucer, gestured for me to show him. Was his reluctance a show? I knew he wanted this too. I would play the supplicant to his demanding grandfather. He'd waited a lifetime for this. I took the velvet from my shirt pocket, untied it with curiously shaking hands, tipped it onto the porcelain. The ring rattled as it came to rest, suddenly loud in the small space. The expression on his face betrayed his surprise, astonishment. He quickly recovered, resumed his serious demeanor. I understood. Even in this light it looked spectacular, serious, impressive. I was again astonished at its vivid, liquid depth and brilliant shine. He looked to me for permission. I took the ring, put it in his hand. Every bit as skilled as King he had the fitting, turned it to show off the diamonds, finally examined the central jewel from every angle, stared at it for perhaps a moment too long, then suddenly put it down on the saucer. It is adequate. I released the breath I hadn't known I'd been holding. He hid his smile by taking up his cup, sipping his wretched tea. Nearly as good as Jillian deserves. The best I can manage. I hope it pleases her, helps her to overlook my many flaws. This he accepted. Now we enter the next phase of the arrangement. Some difficulties present themselves. I went from relieved to high alert. What difficulties? How can I remove them? Is it a matter of money? I was babbling. He shushed me, one hand held palm down. It is a matter of family duties. Of course, everything was a matter of family duties. Normally, the next steps would be coordinated by D by back. Aunties. I saw the difficulty. We had no aunties to engage. What can be done? Can aunties be recruited? From where I had no idea. Let me think on it. Sometimes aunties can be found in the community. From childhood friends of the bride. We will see. A hairy problem indeed. Local candidates for aunties always seemed very busy with their own extended families, their own nieces and nephews getting married and having babies. Kang's business was in large part supported by such events. As for childhood friends, I didn't think Jillian had any, or any she kept in contact with. Sigh. Frustration. Gregory. This small trial will be overcome. As you two have overcome so much already. I brightened. Of course, we would figure something out. And I had one more question. Is it time? To present Jillian with this token? To suggest she consider a union? Yes. Yes. That can be done at any time you choose. No obstacles remain. I grinned foolishly. This I could do, had wanted to do for some time. Fuang saw my foolish joy, reached out, took my hand in his, pressed it and smiled. Jillian. This was a lost girl's afternoon. My time to canvas the shoreline, the boardwalk. I decided to start where I'd had success before, the bar where Trevor worked. He was behind the counter, polishing glasses. Why did bartenders do that? Did they all have crappy dishwashers that left water spots? At the end of the bar was a youngster, chowing down on a platter of bar food. Dressed in traveling clothes, with a suitcase beside her on the floor. A niece? Trevor hadn't shared his family connections with me. We didn't have that sort of acquaintance. Ours was just the saving stranded women from ruin kind of deal. Hi, Trevor. A Coke? Thanks. He filled a glass from the soda gun behind the bar, wiped it of overflow, set it in front of me. How's Nick working out? He was genuinely interested. I took a long draw. It had been a busy morning, and I'd skipped lunch. Fabulous. Like a fish to water. She'd gonna be a skip trace one day. He smiled at that, familiar with Nick's fierce energy. Who's this? A niece visiting? A wild guess. He shook his head, but before he could tell me more, she spoke up. Billy. Glad to meet you. Just off a transcontinental. Trevor here is helping me get on my feet. I'm a little skint, spent all my wad on the bus ticket. That was new. Trevor, feeding strangers? I looked at him incredulously, and he had the grace to look consternated. I wasn't going to, but she's so darn persuasive. I was telling her about you, next thing I know she's got me feeding her, offering her my phone. 
Billy smiled, stuck a cheese straw into her mouth, chewed rudely. What brings you here? I was going to approach this slowly, so as not to startle her. Like hunting deer, young women down on their luck could be evasive, suspicious. Farthest I could get from back home. Catch him, Idaho. You look a little young? To be making the trip alone? She didn't. She could be fifteen, sixteen which was old enough, but it was a conversation starter. She set down a wing, fished in her jacket pocket, pulled out a much-used folded paper. Unfolded it on the bar, spread it out with her palm, handed it to me. I took it, looked at her for more, but she just wiggled her eyebrows, tilted her head to the paper. I was unfamiliar with this type of document, but it appeared to be an emancipation proclamation, signed and sealed by some muckety-muck judge in the great state of Idaho. Before I finished, she snatched it back, refolded it, stuffed it into her pocket. Saw my slightly indignant look. Lots of people been giving me trouble on the trip. I just flashed that at M. Shuts them up mostly. Must be some backstory there. Too early to pry. Probably not my concern anyway. Down to business. You got plans? Trevor can't keep feeding you. She shook her head no, and kept shoveling in the grub, smiling. I looked to Trevor, who raised his hands in an exaggerated shrug. A place to stay? Another smile. Another no. A job prospect? Just a smile this time, but clearly no. Staying long? A yes. This time. Forever. Never going back. I was at a loss. I could leave her here, just turn and go. But she'd be sleeping on a bench tonight. Or more likely the bar's back room. Trevor was apparently a pushover. Good to know. I'd keep that knowledge in reserve. I couldn't offer her a job. The bail bond business you had to be 18, and she wouldn't be for years. Maybe as an emancipated minor it was different. Was it even my job to decide what she could and couldn't do? Probably not. But it was my floor and my phone desks. I didn't fancy a kid dealing with our kind of client. And my word was law there. I could do one thing. You can stay at my place tonight. I got a spare room. It was my room, but I'm sleeping over with Greg pretty much all the time now. I decided that. Greg had no say, and would certainly have no objection anyway. I just snuggle naked, and he's putty in my hands. She wasn't ready for my offer. What? Why? What I gotta do? She'd stopped with a fry halfway to her mouth, clearly interested but cautious. I imagine that proclamation came with a healthy disdain for adult interference. I was out of my depth here. What would she do? What do you need? That was a reasonable rejoinder. I didn't know how it worked with emancipated minors. Gotta get a social worker. Gotta get a place. Need a job. The usual. You a social worker or something? She looked at me dubiously. A social worker? Well, something like. I'm a lady who's interested in getting young women off the boardwalk someplace safe. There's more to it. She was not gonna believe in Santa Claus. I had to have an angle, or she'd flat out reject my help. Well, I did have an angle. I have phone desks to fill. I'm office manager at a bail bond service. I find somebody needing a job, I offer them that. She looked interested, but I cut her off. Too young. Gonna have to be something else. Billy sized me up, in her fifteen-year-old way. So, you troll the bars looking for somebody hard up, somebody willing to take your shitty job. You strong-arm them into it, since they have nowhere else to go. Slave labor? She'd about summed it up. From a certain point of view, that was what I was doing. Her skewed point of view, that was clear. I just stuck my bottom lip out, nodded, agreed. About right. She stuffed the last of her bar food into her mouth, pushed the empty platter at Trevor. Snagged a napkin, degreased her hands, her face, still chewing. Thanks, Trevor. My treat next time. She hopped down, picked up her suitcase. Lead on. You have no trouble meeting people, making decisions. I said it as a fact. Billy agreed. Have to be that way. People always trying to push you around, make you do things, make you something you're not. You gotta put yourself out there, make yourself visible or you get steamrollered. So much backstory. I didn't pry. Maybe later when she trusted me, that would all come out. Let's drop your stuff in your room, let you get cleaned up. The wheel head to the courthouse, see about a social worker, get that settled. She thought, decided. Good plan. The trip up the beach to the condo was quiet, Billy rubbernecking the ocean, the boardwalk. The few tourists still evident. You catch us in the off-season. I didn't really expect to find anybody today. You do this pretty regular then? Regular enough. I don't want to let somebody spend too much time stuck, sleeping on benches. 
That gets old fast. She agreed wholeheartedly. Lots of folks end up here. A few. Tourists at the end of their rope. Last stop on a trip to nowhere. That had been me, once. I gonna meet any of them? You got, like, a harem or something? I laughed out loud at that one. You'll meet Nick sooner or later. She's living in a boarding house with some other girls from the office. That seemed to satisfy her. She was silent for the rest of the walk. The condo amazed her. What she'd expected, I don't know. But a beachfront property in an upscale development was not it. The porch pleased her, oddly. It was just a few feet of floor, screened windows. Some deck furniture pushed up against the wall. Nothing special? The condo proper she took in without comment. When I showed her her room I had to clear a couple of my things. That amused her, but for once she didn't make a wise-ass remark. The bathroom was a big hit. She dropped her suitcase, shucked out of her jacket, and made a beeline. While she made water noises in there, I considered making some more lunch. She just put down a couple pounds of greasy bar snacks. Could she possibly be hungry? Yes, I decided. She was fifteen. I put a frozen pizza in the oven, our tradition by now, I guess. The oven timer ding. Coincided with her exit from the bathroom. In her skivvies. A bundle of her traveling clothes in her paws. Where can I get these washed? Leave them on the floor. I'll show you the laundry room after you're dressed. She smelled the pizza. Her eyes lit up. Disappearing into her room, she emerged almost immediately dressed in casual clothes. A sensible skirt, blouse. Knee socks. She saw I approved. I gotta look like Debbie Normal for social services. Ah. That made sense. She slid onto a bar stool, took a piece from the pizza board without asking, folded it, and took that wonderful first scalding cheesy bite. I left her to her feeding frenzy, found a can of something sugary, set it in front of her. She popped the top, pulled about half of it down in one go. Burped spectacularly. My turn to be amused, which she was fine with. Ten minutes later we hit the street, a third of a pizza abandoned on the bar, her traveling clothes in the washer and a note for Greg left where he could find it. He could find it anywhere, but Billy didn't know that, so I propped it against the toaster for form's sake. We can take the truck? I've had enough motor vehicles for about a month. Could we walk? Is it too far? She just got off a bus after a 3,000-mile journey. I could imagine motor travel was not a pleasant prospect. About a mile and a half? Good. Let's go. She was quiet for a bit. For about half a minute. Then the question started. You live with a guy? You married? Anybody else live there? How long can I stay? That last one I hesitated. If I say. As long as you need to. She'll be more suspicious. She was a young cynic and thought she knew how the world worked. I had to work with that. I hope to get you placed in a few days. About that. What can you do? Food service? Driver's license? No and no. H.M. Accounting? Office assistant? I suppose, never done it, but how hard can it be? You said something about a phone desk. I shook my head. You could probably do the phones okay, but we work with some pretty unsavory characters. Maybe when you're a bit older. Do I have to show you the paper again? She was challenging me. Oh, I imagine you can do the work. But will the clients respect you? They're bullies mostly, and not terribly civilized. It's my call, my office, and I say no thanks, we'll wait on that one. She simmered over that for a while. Fortunately, we had to negotiate some traffic, the courthouse was on the other side of downtown. Once we got into the Civic Center neighborhood the traffic disappeared. Wrong time of day. She started in again. What's what's his name do? How can you afford that place? Not on an office manager's salary. I was astonished at her impertinence. I held my tongue. She'd been fending off folks who wanted to take advantage for some time. Made her go on the offensive by default. Greg inherited. Folks all gone. And he does private investigation. Makes about as much as he wants to that way. So he doesn't work too hard, that what you mean? Slacks, picks and chooses, watches TV most of the time? So she wasn't all that observant. There's no TV in the place. You missed that? H.M. She colored, embarrassed to be caught out in even this small thing. Careful. I didn't want to compete with her, didn't want to fight her. I temporized. Yeah, he used to be pretty chill, just cruising the boardwalk, on permanent vacation. But that changed some time ago. Now he's busy most days, got lots to take care of. She decided to say something. Who's the weirdo? You or him? 
I raised my eyebrows, pretending not to know what she was on about. But she noticed something, something in the condo that gave Greg away. Like I had, all that time ago. Smart kid. No smart woman. Got to keep that straight. The bathroom, the bedroom are all wrong. Things not where they should be. And that porch. What about the porch? I'd not caught anything there. Greg likes things that way. So it's him. He a psychic? A memory guy. Can't ever forget where he put something? I nodded. Something like that. Here we are. The courthouse. You know what to do. I was at a loss about social workers. She nodded confident. March right up the steps, bold as brass. I followed, letting her do this without interference. She scanned the directory inside, headed for the stairs. The grand old building had grand old stairs, a case on each side of the lobby to a gallery overhead. She took the right. Down a dark wood-paneled hallway, a plastic sign sticking out said, Social Services. She went in without knocking. I followed a polite distance behind. In here all was normal cubicle land, the grand oak paneling gone and replaced by computers on every desk, swivel chairs, linoleum tile. A brief counter, unattended now. She found a bell, hit it three times, loud. An annoyed woman of maybe fifty came from the back. Name tag, Genevieve. Take it easy, kiddo. Don't break my bell. The paper was pulled out, unfolded, smoothed, handed over. Genevieve pulled her glasses down from her hairline, scanned it. Without a word she went to a cabinet, found a form, brought it back. Fill this in, sign here and here. She indicated with a pen. Who's this? Your guardian? My landlady. A nod. She can sign on the back, place of residence, certify you're living there. With that Genevieve departed to the warren. Two tiny school-sized chairs with those little writing desk arms were in the corner. We claimed them. She scribbled for a while, crossing things out, checking boxes. Signed front and back. Turned the paper over to me, indicated what part was mine to fill out. I supplied street address, phone number, endorsed where it asked. Emancipated minor appeared to you and resides at the address in part B. Handed it back. Now what? Now they waste time. Assign me a caseworker. They call me in a few days, verify I still live there. If I move, I have to come back, do this all over again. I nodded. Made sense. Sure, she was officially an adult. But somebody wanted to be sure she wasn't homeless, had a roof and meals. I could get on board with that. She tossed the paper into the basket on the counter, made to leave. That's it. I'm a resident of your fair state. Official. Following her out to the front steps, she stopped, turned slowly in a circle considering the city. I hadn't actually planned any further than this. I nodded. The whole world was in front of her. It was a big world. We could start with heading back, get you settled in. Ask Greg if he could do his finding thing, help you find a place to work that you'll get along with. Finding thing? What's that? I had said too much. Never mind, somebody would tell her. Everybody seemed to know anyway. Greg finds things. It's his special skill. Some people can do math in their head, some people never forget a face. Greg can find things. She accepted that without question. The world was big, and she was young. Finders were now a thing, and that was that. I'd like that. Greg's help. It would be great if he would do that. She was unaccustomed to accepting help. Maybe we'd made some small progress toward trust. I wasn't going to spoil it. And I have to finish my day. Keep looking for slave labor? You can tag along, or go back to the condo, knock around the boardwalk. What would you prefer? I was treating her like an adult. Because she was, legally. And because she wanted that, needed that. She was still a kid in most ways. But respect would go a long way toward helping her find a place here. She brightened. Tag along. I don't want to be there without you when Greg shows up. He might spaz or something. That made me laugh. Greg was more likely to offer her lunch. But she didn't know that yet. You can't actually surprise Greg. He'd know you were there before he came in. And I left him that note. She couldn't know he'd read the note even before he came in the door. Okay, back to the boardwalk. You kind of put a wrinkle in my routine. Trevor might have more to tell. It's my off-season. Not much business. Overstaffed. I was thinking. I might have a job for some of your guys. Trevor. Thank you. That's brilliant. He smiled. This was going better than he'd hoped. Who do you have in mind? You don't want me randomly sniping your people. 
I have a bus but Corey, hard worker, needs the paycheck. And a bouncer. Don't need a bouncer if we're not crowded. Tito. Strong, immune to criticism, can be a little single-minded. Tito sounded good. Not sure about Corey but hey I could have a chat. Anybody here now? I'd like to talk, see if they're cut out for this. Trevor found Corey in the kitchen, chatting with the cook who was a dog girl about twice his age, maybe twice his mass, trying to make points. He came reluctantly to the cook's evident relief. Corey, this is Jillian. She'd like to talk about a job. He brightened, stuck out his hand. Sure. I know you. Some phone job, right? We sat, I ordered a couple cokes, talked him through the particulars. He seemed to catch on, but I wasn't sure he had the balls to deal with our clients. You think you're up to it if somebody give you pushback, tries to argue with you. He shrugged. Not a good sign. He wouldn't even stand up to me. Billy had been watching silently, now stood and walked behind Corey, flicked his earlobe. When he turned to look, one hand going to his ear, she reached around the other side, nabbed his coke. Hey. Oh. Stop that. She looked at him with an insolent grin, took the straw from his glass, flicked it onto the table. Took a long pull from the coke. Stared at him, challenging him, still grinning her contemptuous grin. You, you shouldn't do that. That was mine. Mine now. I watched this play out. Billy was clearly testing him, and it wasn't going well. Corey turned red, stammered some more. Turned back to me for support. I shrugged, watched. He pushed back his chair, looked from Billy to me, back, face clouding up. This is bullshit. I don't have to. He fled, back to the kitchen and the company of the cook, abandoning all hope of a job. Billy called. Next. In a bored voice. That wasn't very nice. I was smiling as I said it. The job isn't nice. Right? He's gonna be happier as a busba. That seemed about right. Trevor went downstairs this place had a downstairs? On the beach? I didn't try to figure that out. He came back up with a sizable guy in a black casual shirt, sleeves rolled up, khaki pants, ankle-high boots. Universal bouncer uniform. Trevor introduced us. Tito. Jillian. You wanna see me? He was guarded but willing. Trevor said you might fit a job opening I had. Phone desk, talking to folks in a tight spot, feeling them out. Bail bond service. Crenshaw? He apparently knew the business, maybe needed its services in the past. I nodded. We're shorthanded. Need somebody who can hold the line against pushy clients. Won't shrink from telling them it's gonna cost them, telling them no if that's the right answer. He tilted his head, the barest acknowledgement possible. Mostly morning work but hours all day if you want them. Get slow in the afternoon. Some opportunity to make home visits, verify addresses, ability to appear. Short training, shit pay, reasonable work week. He cracked a smile at that. Pulled out a chair and sat down. Tell me more. In ten minutes I was convinced I'd found our guy. Billy was convinced too, for what that was worth. She'd baited him, sneered at him, even dumped a coke on the table in his direction. He'd effortlessly shifted his chair, let it flow onto the floor, ignored her. So you game? I needed to close this deal. He shrugged. Sure. I clock out Friday, I'm done here. When can I start? Trevor gave me a high sign, so I excused myself, went to the bar. He can be available tomorrow. I said Friday to give him a chance to find another gig. You need him now? Fine with me. I returned to the table, made my offer in a few words. Tito seemed to be a guy a few words. You punch out of here tonight, Trevor says that could work. Show up at Crenshaw's tomorrow morning, we'll get you started. Work for you? He reached across the table, shook on it. Billy grinned, went around, punched him on the shoulder. Made a show of having hurt her hand. He continued to ignore her. We were done here. Billy. So we show up back at the condo, Jillian changing in her room. I'm barely unpacked, just a few things from the suitcase to stuff into a drawer, laundry from the dryer, my bathroom necessaries stowed in the medicine cabinet, and Greg shows. Nervous, I admit it. Didn't know him from Adam. Jillian is cool, but Greg could have been a douche. Seen it before chill gal, dipshit boyfriend. Happens all the time. But he wasn't. No angry questions, no ego theater. He waited in the kitchen, drinking some goofy fruity drink from a can. Called me by name, said hi Billy. Welcome. When I came out. Offered me a drink. Said congratulations on the new life I'd chosen. First person to not give me shit about that. Like I was competent to make my own decisions. I started to like him. 
Jillian came out, saw we met, smiled like I was some prize heifer she'd bought, proud to show me off. Felt really okay, somebody who liked me how I was. Didn't see me as a degenerate sinner or an upstart girl talking back to her betters. I noticed right off, the note still on the bar, still leaning on the toaster. Not been touched. Yet Greg knew my name, expected me, knew my story. Filed that fact away for later. So I guess I'm staying a while. Jillian nicks me working with her degenerates, says they won't respect me. I gotta find another gig. Greg accepted that, no argument, not his business to comment, all between us girls. More points for Greg. They started making dinner, all loving couple and talking about their day. I slurped the bubbly from the can, I could get used to that stuff, watched them, stayed out of the way. When they thought I wasn't looking they got all sexy grabby, I wanted to throw up. Good to know they didn't have that kind of hang up anyway. I had my lifetime fill of repressed adults. Jillian said Nick's coming over for dinner. Like I cared, I didn't know Nick. But when she arrived turns out she's this kick but butch stand up person. Introduced herself, said she was one of Jillian's girls, gave me a fist bump. I tried to be chill but I couldn't help smiling Nick was so right there, so immediate, nothing hidden behind a mask, just her all over. I found myself wanting to be like that. I asked. You a dyke? And she's all smiles. Yup. And I was grinning again. My first dyke. We didn't have those in Idaho, my folks claimed. Said I leave the church, leave the state I'd be overcome by a wave of iniquity, my soul drowned in sin. Nick is anything but sin. She's like a big sister I didn't know I wanted. Supper was good, so good I made yummy noises, embarrassed myself. After a week of bus station food bar snacks, cut me some slack. I got real tired after that, wanted to sack out for maybe a day, bus sleep is the worst. But I had something to say, so I said it. Greg was talking about soul food and some old dude named Homer. Jillian was excited and all kissy and such with Greg. Nick was perving on Jillian, I saw it, she saw me seeing, turned red. Interesting. Hey! You two stop sucking face for a minute, I got an idea. Greg pulled away, I swear I could hear the pop. And turned his attention on me. Part of it, the rest of him fully occupied in fondling his sweetie. Gag me, old people in love. I need a job. I can do a few things, dog walking, house cleaning, crochet. Yes, I swear. I can. But I'm thinking, I should start a finding service. Like lost dogs, missing letters, I don't know, whatever shit people lose. I charge something up front, then again when I find whatever it is. Greg smiled, he could see where this was going. He looked at Jillian like, does she know? Geez, these people are transparent like window glass. Jillian nodded, so he started in. And when you get a tough case, taking too long or not enough information. I pull out the secret weapon. Greg the finder. You do your thing. Bim bam boom they have their poochie back. We split 50-50. He made a show of thinking about it. I knew I had him when he looked at Jillian instead of me. She had him wrapped around her finger. Wrapped around something anyway. That could be really good for you both. You know how I like it when you help people. Whatever. I had made my pitch and it was looking good. I let them go back to smooching. Gave Nick a weary look. Got a grin and another fist bump. Headed for bed. Wednesday. Okay noon is a little late to get up but I was missing like a week of sleep. Greg took it okay but I could see he was impatient to get going. Everybody else off to work, 8 to 5 drudges. Don't know why, they clearly don't need to work ever again, this place must have cost billions. Hey breakfast in the fridge, microwave on the counter. Help yourself. He made breakfast. More points for the homemaker guy, not too good to lift a frying pan like all the men in my family. Ex-family I mean, I'm free of them for good. Some scrambled eggs, some kind of meat wrapped up on a plate. I nuke it, chow down, he's still talking. This business needs capital to get started. Money for phones, money for advertising. Bus and taxi expenses. Invoice forms and stuff. I nodded way ahead of him. I'd planned on touching Mr. Moneybags for that all along. He seemed okay with it so check off that one. You need money to live, could be an allowance. I frowned, sounded too kid-like. He noticed, amended it. But a paycheck makes more sense. Now he's talking. A real job. I wasn't going to roll over so quick though. I want to share. It gets going good. I want a part in that. Not just a paycheck with an occasional raise. How can that work? He hemmed and hawed a bit, but I had him. He wanted this to work for some reason. I could get whatever I wanted. Within reason. How about, anything we do together goes into the company coffers. 
Anything you do alone, you take half off the top? I pretended to think about it, but it was a better deal than I thought I'd get. I was gonna demand 20%. Made one last attempt to better the deal. So I'm an employee and you're the boss? He got a stubborn look. It's my house, my investment. My signature on the bank account. My skills, you recognize that, right? Later we can renegotiate. Depends how it goes. I put my empty plate in the sink, washed my hands, made him wait. Turned around and grinned, put out my hand. He shook it. We got ourselves a business. Let's set ourselves some goals, like a number of cases per week. That made sense. Not gonna meet them at first. Takes time to get the word out. That's why it's goals. We finally meet them. We make new goals. We talked some more while I changed, him hollering through my closed door, but I'm not at all sure that mattered, what with his weird abilities. Gotta get used to that. He's not a perv, I don't think, not his fault nothing stays hidden from him. Anyway he had his back turned when I came out, so more points there. He didn't balk when I named the business Billy's Recovery Service. Happy to stay on the down low, let folks think it was all me. Chalk that up as my win. I got maybe half days for this. You work the business all day, man the phones here at the house, work on marketing ideas? Do the cases as they come up. Call me in when you got something juicy. Made sense to me. We'll need an answering service. For when we're out on a case. He nodded, I could see him making a mental note. Anything else? This was the hard one. I'm gonna need a way to pay for stuff. He hardly paused. Sure, maybe a credit card? Or you just want petty cash? I'll get a cash box. Nobody had ever, ever trusted me with their money before. Trusted me without taking a breath, without a pause, without blinking. Trusted me like an adult. For some reason my eyes got all blurry, and I found I couldn't quite talk. He blathered on for a bit before noticing. Stared at me like he'd been poleaxed, not knowing what to do. Figured it out after a few seconds, fetched me some tissues, waited for me to stop blubbering. Didn't say a word, treated it as a normal thing, something adults did sometimes when they got emotional. I can kind of see why Jillian loves him. Jillian Tito came in a quarter hour before the lines opened. Exactly as I'd asked him to do. A good start. Nick saw him, lit up. Tito. Hey man. Good to see you again. They did a one-sided hug, Nick hardly coming up to his shoulder. Two old friends. I guess you met him at Trevor's? Time to get this show on the road. Nick, you want to bring him up to speed? Take number 12, that's next to yours. She nodded, all smiles, sat him down, chatting amiably. Showed him the gear, the board, the calendar, the charge sheet. All the stuff she'd learned, what? A week or two before. Kelly smiled to see them at it, let it happen. she trained everybody in the room up till now. I'd wondered if she would feel proprietary about that duty. Apparently not, at least as far as Nick was concerned. They were hard at it by the time the board lit up. I saw Nick keeping an eye on Tito for the first call or two. I also saw Kelly keeping an eye on Nick. I love my crew. Had to do Tito's paperwork. I figured I could take the time this morning, Tito making up for me being out of my seat. In the office, the boss off the phone for once, she said morning, watched me gather the necessary paperwork. Who's the new guy? Tito. Former bouncer at a bar on the strip. Slow season, needed something to take up the slack. Expect him full-time for at least a few months. She nodded, satisfied. Trusted me to do my job, keep the desks full. Glad to see that. I messed up not too long ago. Building trust back was one of my goals. What's the staffing look like? Like she couldn't see right out her window. With me on a desk, we're full up. So at least one more to fill out the roster. What about Nick? I'm gonna be calling on her sometimes. She did good on that bad check home visit. I nodded. I'm thinking about that. If she goes out in the afternoon, then no change. Desks full up in the morning when we're busy. I can't guarantee that. I'll need her when I need her. Then I fill in when she's out. Thing I don't want to do is, over hire, have somebody on the bench. That made sense to her. It meant I'd never be free of the phones, but whatever. It was not hard duty, in fact kind of a free day, everything scripted, no real decisions to make. I sat at number two, did Tito's paperwork. Left some blanks for him to fill in over lunch. Got a direct deposit form ready, a withholding certificate, all that shit, put it in a folder with his name on it. Started taking calls. Today seemed to be a road rage day, lots of minor property damage, parked car damage, vandalism to garages and so on. Must be the phase of the moon. Or the weather, all I know is these things go in cycles. 
Anyway, easy peasy. All locals. All with ties in the community. Low value paper but quick to write. I did maybe 30, 40 tickets, half what Kelly could do in a morning. I consoled myself that I was distracted by other duties. But what slowed me down mostly was wondering, how was I going to speed this hiring thing up? I couldn't keep expecting lost waifs to show up on the strip. That happened infrequently, thank heavens. Been lucky, unlucky, so far, but all turned out great. I trusted Greg and Billy were hitting it off, making progress on their home business. That would be terrific for Greg. Put his good deeds on a business-like basis. And good community public relations for the finder. Help him see he is a valued member and all that. For all his skills he had low self-esteem in that department. I daydreamed until Kelly touched me on the shoulder. Wah. Oh. Sorry, something on my mind. She smiled gently, pointed at Nick and Tito stretching, getting their jackets on, preparing for lunch. The board was dark. Want to join us? We're taking Tito down for Ty? I begged off. I have a lunch date with my sister. I gave Tito's folder to Kelly, got my jacket on, saw them off. Kang was bouncing, full of energy. When was she not? Anyway, I smiled, my heart full to see my big sister so happy. We went inside arm in arm as usual, greeting friends at other tables, couples. The Lizzies. Looking hopelessly infatuated as usual. Two other sisters Kang knew, promised to go out with, another lesbian theater experience? I was game. Her friends had all been a riot so far. I think Kang was hot for one of the sisters, looked at her a little too long. Got a sly look back. We sat, Kang barked instructions at the poor serving boy, and she started pouring. I got a contact with a barbecue master. Maybe start taking lessons in a few weeks. She got all happy again, looking at me like I was her favorite sister. All I gotta do is, figure out what spices he uses. I have a sample of his brisket. How can you do that? Guess? Sounds like he's screwing with you. No. It shouldn't be too hard. I tasted a bit. I can tell there's cinnamon, cayenne, probably cumin. More than that I'm not sure yet. Sounds like a dick. Oh, I'm sure he's gonna mess with me. He's an ornery old codger. No problem. Your little sister has dealt with dicks before. She grinned at that, took a sip of her tea. Made a face. Called the serving boy over, scolded him. Not really fair. She'd poured too soon. Hadn't left time to brew. She made him replace the pot anyway. All part of the service, I guess. The customer is always right. So you use the dress again? Better hurry up. You get all pregnant, it won't fit. I blushed, still not used to outrageous sister talk in public. I know, I've thought of that. We're going out Sunday night, dinner and dancing. Greg's idea. Just showing off your dress, really. More than that, Fuang says. She caught herself, clammed up. I let it lie. Fuang says lots of things. What other news did I have? Found another gal on the strip. Just a kid, not gonna hire her. Greg is helping her set up a lost dog business. King grinned at me, leaned over the table, kissed me. My little sister, motherfucking Teresa. My face got hot again. Kang could make me do that anytime she wanted. It wasn't fair. Kang never blushed. So come clean. You sure Greg knows what he's doing? My dress should have got you knocked up by now. Shit. I was gonna spend the whole lunch with a red face. Greg says no. Not yet. What does Greg? Kang figured it out, got wide-eyed. He can do that. I knew I had to spill all. Maybe not here in public. He can do a lot of things. I'll tell you about it next girl's night. Greg says family should know, you'll be the first. That was ambiguous enough if I was overheard. I could just be talking about sex moves. After that I went on the offensive, grilling her about Nick, about the sisters we were going out with. Didn't get her to blush but got her mad at least once. I love being a sister. 